0: Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise!
1: This is the March to the Arch podcast. Your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 23 of the March the Arch podcast in this 2021-2022 Missouri Valley Conference season. We've had an awesome episode today. All things UIC Flames coming to the Missouri Valley Conference. We start off with an a interview with Athletic Director Michael Lippitz of the UIC. And then we also have a conversation with Luke Yaklich, head coach of the UIC Flames. He is on the road. Uh, They had a conference game this weekend, but we had some time to just talk his experience, his history coaching, and the UIC Flames joining the MVC. We also covered games from this past weekend on January 29th and 30th. And then, as always, we have great banter, and we look ahead to games upcoming. Before we get to that, how are we doing today, Baker.
0: Doing all right. Just a nice little Sunday night. Had some good Valley hoops on today. Had some playoff uh, NFL action. Uh, The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl as we're recording this right now. And uh, the other game is actually in progress as we speak. Uh, But yeah, things are uh, things are going good, Vance. Uh, It's a good weekend. I got a question for you, though. And so uh, one of my friend groups was texting around about this. Have you heard of a game called Wardle?
1: Is that the Twitter thing that looks like a bunch of blocks? I have no idea yes. what it is, but I think you have no right. idea what it is. No idea. Have you
0: ever looked at it?
1: No. I mean, I know what the blocks are. I don't know what they. Do you have mean. your phone in
0: front of you? Do you have your phone in front of you? I do. All right. So you're gonna Google Wordle, and not mm-hmm. like Brian Wordle. It's mm-hmm. it's an O, and so basically it's this thing where you have to like type in letters, and like you type in like a word, and it'll tell you like is this like you it's a five letter word and you type in the first word and says oh you got three letters right so then you got to try to build off that or if it's a yellow letter it's like oh this letter's in there but it's not in the spot okay. um i think it's completely dumb but i was just curious your thoughts on it and do you consider this a game of luck or do you think there's skill still to it but the fact that you haven't played it it's it's a it's a question you're gonna have a tough time answering
1: uh it's tough right now but i do know that my last google search was confirming how isaiah spells his name isaiah moseley spells his first name <laughs>
0: um i got brutal i got buried for that the other day i spelled his name wrong but hey you know what you'll figure it out all right so apparently you haven't figured out this game wardle and so that'll be your homework for next week uh when we get to the 89th episode of the march the arch podcast next week uh which we did find that out as well a listener i and i my your name escapes me so i apologize but uh you did tweet that at us the other day so uh appreciate that Vance's homework was done by somebody else. Um, but yeah, things are going good, Vance. He's just been uh, watching a lot of Valley Hoops. I know, hey, I have another question for you, I guess. How's the Xbox search going? I know that you saw that I had the three games at once, and you you, you immediately were kind of like, hey, you kicking the tires, uh, you're moving, Xbox might be in the future. Uh, where are we at on the Xbox purchase? Okay,
1: so um, Baker and listeners, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, well documented here uh, in in transition, still waiting for um, a house to become available to move into, Um, and so right now, purchases are on a priority list, right, and so, you know, you keep adding them to them, you know, you work it out with the wifey, and just like, hey, you know, where does this fall, you know, like a couch or a refrigerator, higher priorities, right, Baker, Um, Xboxes, lower priority, um, but even within like the low priority Vance things, um, they're all personal to Vance. Um, Xbox is still pretty low on my own personal list. Um, number one right now is a—it's a one oh, A 1A and one B right now. I'm in a workout groove right now, so the Bowflex adjustable dumbbells really high my list. Right now, wow. Because right? I'd say the lists are like between the hundred and the you know between one and five hundred bucks. You don't want to spend. Okay, let's just say let's just say that's the yeah, list. Sure. So, uh, so these are reason-
0: reasonably decent sized purchases. You yeah. Know, one let's time just throw it in the, the gift size. category. Like if,
1: if Vance yep. wants to treat himself, like these are the priorities of like treating myself. But given you know yep. it, it's not like Santa comes like it comes out of your bank account, right? Um, mm-hmm. and so uh, Bowflex dumbbells one A one B. Um, I need a new three wood um, and specifically a ping 410 oh, wow. Three wood. wow um, So that is on the same price point as all of these items. So that's one A and one B. Um, and then three is coming in as rounding out the Xbox. So um, that's where we're at.
0: So we're looking at 2022, 2023 Missouri Valley conference season that Vance will be in the Xbox game.
1: Yeah. Potentially if we get there. Yeah.
0: Potentially, potentially.
1: Yeah. Once we get that three. Um, Well, so you
0: were talking, so you know, you were talking about the uh, the dumbbells, um, starting to become a better time to purchase those. Uh, For a while, uh, I was even in the market for those, and during like COVID, like last year and stuff. I don't know if anybody else tried to look for this, but if you look for any kind of workout equipment, insanely priced. It was like triple priced everything. And so, yeah, I was. uh, That's that's a that's a good purchase. You know what I've done to try and get talking about that as well
1: to try and reprioritize or move the Xbox up a couple. Um, I've been reaching out to all those, those friend chats or group chats of people that I know bought them in the past and who mm-hmm. haven't used them. And I was like, hey, I'm willing to buy these off of you, um, obviously at a discount because uh, they're mm-hmm. just collecting dust. Mm-hmm. Not fruitful yet. So, hey, if there's anyone out there who's looking to sell their their BoFlex um you know, i have just that I, have, I might have
0: that friend in mind for you vance we uh that we're,
1: we're thinking of the same person and they've already said ah i'll, I'll, I'll get back to work it out so um we, we, i know who you're talking about do you okay i do i do
0: <laughs> fair enough uh do you want to get into the news then
1: let's get in the news and let's get in some interviews with uh representatives from the university of illinois chicago the, the 12th member of the missouri valley conference in 2022 2023 season All right, Valley fans, you saw the news today on January 26th, the University of Illinois Chicago Flames are coming to the Missouri Valley Conference, and the March to the Arch podcast is ecstatic to have Director of Athletics Michael Lippitz join us to talk about what the last couple months and maybe even weeks have been. Been like um, as UIC becomes the 12th member institution in the Missouri Valley Conference. But first, how are we doing today, Michael?
2: Oh, we're great. It's a great day to be a flame. Uh, a lot of excitement here in Chicago, and uh, both internally with our department uh, and with our Flames fans uh, all over all over Chicagoland. Uh, so it's a, yeah, it's a great day.
1: It was very cool to see it on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Obviously, one of the pros of uh, being in the Valley, the Valley on ESPN. So it's very cool that uh, the uh, celebration was shared with all the fans to uh, participate in. But maybe let's go back, um, work our way backwards from today. So maybe talk through when did discussions begin? And maybe um, UIC coming to the Valley starts uh, rearing its head that it could be a possibility.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is my, just completed my second year. Uh, so just at the start of my third year here at UIC, and and I'm well aware that this has been a conversation between UIC and the desire to be in the Missouri Valley Conference for uh, for more than a decade, uh, certainly. And so, um, but obviously with the shift in the in uh, the landscape this year. Uh, when uh, our neighbors uh, across town uh, made the jump to the A-10. Um, that really obviously was the catalyst in terms of opening up a spot here in the Chicago market. And uh, we seized on that opportunity uh, and uh, made clear uh, that this is where we wanted to be. Um, and uh, Commissioner Jackson Uh, and the Missouri Valley Conference Board uh, were gracious to to come to campus um, to visit us in person, see what we had to offer, Um, and I think uh, certainly came away impressed uh, both with our uh, facilities, our physical plant, uh, but also our, you know, commitment and our alignment of leadership in terms of uh, what it takes to have an athletics program that uh, really is pursuing comprehensive excellence across the board. So um, couldn't be more excited. It's a huge move for us uh, and we're really, uh, really ready to embrace the challenge of the Valley moving forward.
1: So if anyone didn't watch the ceremony this morning, um, Commissioner Jackson talked about a PowerPoint that you sent his way. So I got to ask, Michael, what was in that PowerPoint and how that conversation
2: go? Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad it landed the right way. Uh, no, it, it really, you know, I think I think, you know, schools talk about this. Coaches talk about this in recruiting a lot of times. Um you know, if you can get a prospective student athlete to your campus you have a good chance right yet you, you to sell them on everything that you have to offer because a lot of times people don't know they haven't been there they haven't experienced it or maybe they have a perception. Um, and maybe they haven't been to your campus in many years. I think that's, uh, that's a version of kind of what we were dealing with uh, in terms of not just the Valley, but I think generally sometimes the perception of UIC. Uh, and that's what we're working to change. And so uh, by putting all the facts and the information in front of the commissioner and the Missouri Valley board, um, and then, and again, getting them here to campus to show them what we're really about, what we have to offer, um, it sells itself. And um, obviously, you know the, the Chicago component to UIC, we understand it's huge. It's mutually beneficial, right? We know what it does for us, but we know what it offers um, in terms of the media market for the Valley. So the pieces just came together. The timing was right Um, and we had a great discussion, great visit uh, when they were here on campus and uh, just overjoyed uh, that we got to this day.
1: So I know uh, basketball is, uh, I would say the marquee sport um, in the the Missouri Valley Conference in my humble opinion. Um, So maybe just in that landscape, What makes you most excited for UIC coming to the Valley and maybe how that can expand upon the UIC success in basketball?
2: Yeah, there's, there's no question. It's a basketball centric league. Uh, we prioritize basketball as well. Uh, it, that, that part is a perfect fit. Um, we know that um, we know it's a step up in terms of competitive level. But, um, you know, as we talk about internally and, and we try to schedule that way, I mean, if you, if you want to beat the best and you have to play the best. And, and that's that we, we, we embrace that part of the challenge. We look forward to it. Uh, and the platform that the Valley offers uh, is going to open new doors for us in recruiting. We, uh, we immediately become a more attractive destination for prospective student athletes in basketball, but also, also in a number of other sports uh, in terms of uh, the visibility of the Valley and the level of, uh, of, level of competition. So uh, we know what that means for us, uh, and we're committed to, uh, to doing the hard work to build, uh, build a program that uh, both the Valley and UIC uh, are going to be proud of. And, we've, and let me say, too, we, we've got the right coach to do that. If we're talking specifically about men's basketball, uh, Coach Joklich, uh, as you know, and I think your listeners know, um, he has a history uh, in, in the Valley. He understands this league. Um, he's been successful in this league. And so it's a great combination in terms of the timing with which we're stepping into the league
1: yeah i know we're excited uh, to have him back in the valley and obviously um anyone that comes from the valley has a special place in uh, all of our hearts and especially you know a couple hours south as well um so you know let's get into the fan experience you know a lot of our listeners are you know just I mean, Missouri Valley Conference fans. So I want to, you know, give you the opportunity to talk through. Um, you know, I heard on, you know, just on your website, and then also at the um, the ceremony. Just talking through maybe your facilities and what the fan experience uh, looks like at Credit One Credit Union One Arena.
2: Yeah, you know, we're we're really fortunate. We have an on-campus uh, arena, and it is a real arena. Uh, seats more than eight thousand, um, and it's easily accessible right off the highway, uh, right off public transportation in the L. Um, and so it's easy to get to. And I think one of the things that, you know, I've heard in, in you know, again, just in the two years that I've been here, uh, obviously, for a lot of visiting team fans, you can make a weekend out of this, right? It's Chicago. So you have everything that the city offers. And so to be able to come in and go to some great restaurants, taking some other activities, it just makes for a fun trip. Um, we see that across not just in basketball, but we see it across all of our sports with the parents of our visiting uh, visiting teams. Uh, and their student athletes, and as well as just visiting team fans generally. So, yeah, we look forward to to welcoming everybody and hosting everybody uh, and showing them uh, a great time when they come to Chicago. Uh, But the arena uh, sets up really well. Again, 8,000 seats plus. Uh, We've got a lot of different hospitality options. We've got a courtside club, uh, you know, for for those that are looking for that level of entertainment uh, in-game where you can stand. It's an end zone setup where you can stand uh, and enjoy food and drink while you're watching the game. Um, uh, or if you prefer a seat, uh, you know, right court, sitting courtside or right along the sideline, we have those options as well. Um, and I will t- I will say too, beyond um, beyond Credit Union One Arena, uh, we have a really good uh, facility situation. So uh, for those that are looking to come here for baseball, I would argue we have the best uh, backdrop in all of college baseball with the skyline and the Sears Tower that's that's right there in front of you the entire time you're watching the game. It really is an impressive uh, vista uh, in game. Uh, softball has the same backdrop. Uh, and then right across that outdoor complex, we're in the process now of building a nearly $5 million uh, uh, soccer stadium, new home for both our men's and women's soccer teams, which will also take in the same uh, view of the city. Uh, and it's the only, uh, it is and will remain the only grass college uh, soccer field in the city, uh, which requires a little more maintenance. But as, as, as we know, for anybody who loves a beautiful game, it's to be played on grass. So uh, we're committed to that. And uh, we're going to make sure that we have a just a terrific uh, venue. And it's it's due to open here in the fall. Uh, it's going to get delivered to us uh, right around the middle of the summer. So we're, we're all going to look forward to that.
1: Very cool. Um, I will say you have one of the best basketball courts, I think, in college basketball. I think it's one of the coolest designs, especially uh, just with, with the flames and the logo and the Chicago logo. I mean, I think it's one of the, the coolest one, ones that when the rumors started coming out, we said that <clears throat> we have a a new front runner for best court in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, and and also from uh, what I understand, and maybe you can speak to it a little bit from student athlete, a basketball student athlete perspective, updated basketball practice facilities too, right?
2: We do, we yeah. Know. Again, we're, we're, we're set up really well. Uh, the Flames Athletic Center is right here on campus. That's where I'm uh, talking to you from today. Uh, and right outside my office here is our, we have two uh, practice courts dedicated for basketball. Uh, it's a great setup. Yeah, we, we uh, refinished those courts this summer. We put up some new branding. We've really leaned into uh, Chicago in terms of our brand. You'll see the skyline. You'll see the flag. You'll see the stars uh, that represent Chicago. And, and uh, it, we're having a lot of fun with that. And as you said, you know we have the everything from the game court to the practice court to our uniforms, uh, when you look at our soccer kit, for example, it's a you know it's the light blue pulls in the Chicago flag. Uh, we've added it officially uh, as far as our colors. We're we're um, you know we're fire engine red, uh, nod to the Chicago Fire, and navy blue, that uh, which uh, is a nod to our roots uh, where the campus started at Navy Pier, um, and those are our primary colors. But the that Chicago blue is definitely an accent, uh, and it's something that uh, I know our student athletes and coaches really really enjoy wearing. Uh, you know, throughout at different times throughout the season.
1: Speaking of another uh, top in the Valley, and uh, I might've made a comment on it on Twitter today that also UIC coming in next year, you're shooting up the ranks on best mascot with Sparky. I'm not gonna lie. That was my first introduction to Sparky. I couldn't have told you that there was a dragon as your mascot uh, prior to today, but Hey, top notch. Sparky was bringing the energy this morning.
2: Yeah, Sparky's fun. Uh, that was another part of kind of the brand refresh that uh, that our staff went through with a number of stakeholders uh, about a year ago, uh, and we've really implemented it this year. And yeah, Sparky um, Sparky's been a lot of fun. Uh, so it is. It's you're not you're not alone in that regard because he was only launched a, a, a year ago. So um, he's just a, you know the next generation, the next iteration. It's been Sparky, uh, but this is the latest version of Sparky, and he's been very well received, uh, you know, by our fans and students.
1: Very cool. And so last question here, um, you know, the, the namesake of our podcast is March of the Arch and Arch Madness is has a special place in my heart and my favorite part of being a Missouri Valley Conference fan. You know, kind of curious your thoughts. Uh, are you were you familiar with Arch Madness prior um, to this? And uh, maybe if not or if so, what are you kind of looking forward to in a conference tournament experience that is Arch Madness down in St. Louis?
2: Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about, about the conference. I mean, and, and, and with any conference, you know, my background, I, prior to coming to UIC, I spent 20 years uh, in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And, you know, the ACC tournament is, uh, is just one of those basketball tournaments, right? It's an event. And I think that's what uh, Arch Madness is. It's an event. And, and that's what you want. Uh, it's what your student athletes look forward to all year. And it's what your fans look forward to. And, and you know, for those of us that work in, in the enterprise, it's fun. Um, it's fun to go to and be around and to see the kids enjoy it and to see the fans enjoy it. So uh, I've spent a lot of time in St. Louis uh, over the years personally, and I I think it's a great city. It's a terrific sports town. Um, And I know that that, that's part of what you want uh, anytime you're hosting an event. When you roll into town and all the fans of all the teams roll into town, you want it to feel like you have a presence in the city, uh, and that the city's really going all out uh, to host your event. And that's exactly what Arch Madness is. And so um, I, know, I know that our uh, our team and our fans are, are really looking forward to uh, to taking part in it next year.
1: Yeah, Ben, I'm just so excited that Chicago market stays within the Missouri Valley Conference and specifically with UIC, you know, coming from a Missouri Valley school in Southern Illinois. You know, there's alumni all over the city. Um, For various um, Missouri Valley conference schools, whether Bradley, Illinois State, you know, as mentioned today in the press conference, is such an integral part. And I know personally, as a fan, I'm excited to get up to UIC, check out your facilities, see the court in person, see Sparky in person. Um, So we're um, appreciative of you joining us here on the March the Arch podcast. Michael Whippets, the director of athletics for UIC, on the day it was announced that. University of Illinois Chicago is coming to the Missouri Valley conference and they're number 12. Thanks again for joining us, Michael.
2: Thank you, Danson. The flames are fired up. We're fired up to join the Valley.
0: Uh-
1: All right, Valley fans. We are ecstatic to be joined by head coach of the UIC flames. Luke Lock, Joklitch. he is on the, on the road on his way to play Oakland University in a conference tilt tomorrow on Saturday. How are we doing today, coach?
3: Well, we'd be better if we scored more points than the other team last night. Uh, we didn't play uh, well over the course of the game, but uh, we're gonna we get a great bounce back uh, opportunity on Saturday at Oakland uh, at uh, in the afternoon and really um, you know, excited about our team. We just uh had a couple um you know, a tough loss last week and then didn't play well on Saturday and just played well for about half the game, um, last night. So we're, you know, finding the, uh, the consistency here, um, as we move into January and February, which is, it's, it's much needed, but, uh, I'm really excited to, to join you, um, and happy to, uh, to talk some hoops.
1: Same here. And maybe for those listeners, uh, who might not know, uh, Coach Yakovich's background here. He's no stranger to the Valley. After he got started uh, in high school coaching in the central Illinois area, uh, he started with Illinois State under uh, Coach Dan Muller. He spent two years at Michigan and uh, played in the 2018 uh, National Championship coaching against uh, Villanova in that game. And then uh, Coach Yakovich joined Shaka Smart at Texas for um, a season before being named the head coach at UIC in 2020. So, you know, getting back to the Valley here, Coach, uh, what's it mean for you to come back to the conference that you got your college uh, coaching career started
3: in? Well, it, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a chill factor to it, uh, quite honestly, um, to it that uh, for, for a lot of different reasons, as, a, as I was a manager at Illinois State under Kevin Stallings um, for two years. So my experience and my exposure to Division One basketball um, was, you know, two straight NCAA tournaments, uh, where I met Dan Mueller and we became friends. And, uh, it's then, then you spend 15 years as a high school coach in Illinois. And, you know, the Valley is and the schools in the Valley are always a part of what's going on, um, in the basketball news. And, you know, you're, you're going to a game, you're taking your high school kids to a game, you're following it on, uh, because Dan, Dan became the coach and and my alma mater. So there's a, there's always been, um, you know, that, that feel there and appreciation for the schools in the Valley. And then the, once you get into it for two years as a manager, then 15 years removed, you come back and spend four years, um, you know, helping build the Illinois state program with coach Muller, And, you know, we get it up to the point where, you know, you 17-1 in the league, we tie for Wichita state, uh, losing the, um, you know, the Valley championship, but it, the, the amount of, uh, yeah, just the, the amount of knowledge, the amount of, uh, from a talent standpoint on a night to night basis, and then just the coaching level um, it is an incredible challenge because um, it's, it's an incredibly well coached, well-played, well-recruited um, conference. And there's a lot of them throughout the country, but Missouri Valley, again, being the second oldest, it's um it's a special place. And, uh, I, I'm really excited about the end, you know, of our season this year, um, obviously finishing strong in the horizon and compete for a championship in March. And then, um, you know, as we, 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 uh, shift our attention there towards, towards next year, you know, those feelings that, um, and the experiences that I've had guys has been really, um, it's been really special and it's meant a, a huge deal for my uh, development as a, both as a high school coach and as a college coach.
0: Yeah. So you talk, you talk about, uh, coaching, you know, with Dan Muller and, and that was, you know, you had, you had that awesome 17 in one year and which was incredible. I'm an Illinois state fan. So obviously I was excited about that year, but, um, is it, uh, is it going to be kind of surreal when you, uh, when you do walk into uh, Redbird arena the next time as a, conference foe going into, uh, going into that building to try to get a win? Yeah,
3: I think, I think it will. Um, for sure. The, uh, I remember, uh, it was a, I had a kind of a surreal moment as a high school coach. We won, um, the sectional championship, uh, when I was the head coach at Joliet, uh, Township high school. And, um, the reward was to go play, uh, O'Fallon and Roosevelt Jones, um, at, at, uh, at Redbird arena. And I, uh, I just got the chills thinking about it. So the uh, walking out that day, knowing that, you know, so many hours as a manager on that floor and wiping up sweat and, and rebounded basketballs, um, and it was, it was neat. So I think that same feeling obviously will uh, you know, we'll, will be there again um, when I, when I uh, walk through with our team, but uh once the ball goes up, I know things are going to change real fast, and it's going to be about winning a round conference road game.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so, I, correct me if I'm wrong. You you actually were on the staff with Dana Ford as well, correct? For yeah, Dana. Yeah. yeah so Dana, there's a, there's going to be another interesting battle when
3: you get get out there,
0: uh, no play doubt. Missouri State.
3: Yeah, Dana and I have some really uh, really good stories. I got some. I got some stories on him. <laughs> got some stories on me as 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 on the staff together. Uh, but that was it. Was right. That was my. Uh, exposure to to college coaching. Um, Dana Ford was there and, um, you know, he, he ended up getting the Tennessee state job. Um, and then, um, shortly after a couple of years, he got the Missouri state job. So yeah, we'll have three, three Illinois state grads will be leading three, uh, Missouri Valley basketball programs.
1: So I know we've been talking Missouri Valley coaches here. Have, has anybody reached out to you since the announcement of, uh, the flames coming to the Valley?
3: Yeah, several, uh, Several coaches um, have reached out from various staff assistants, uh, but, you know, Dan, Dan, Dana, uh, for sure, uh, reached out right away. And, um, you know, I'm sure as, as, as we go down and, and end this season um, and have actually conference meetings where, where we can attend, um, you know, those conversations will go even a little bit more in depth. You guys, are you, do you guys still get together and hoop a little bit? Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> All right. I didn't know if there was, you know, uh, on court and then also, you know, kind of off the court a little bit as well, too. <laughs> uh, that, train,
3: that train has left the depot. <laughs> um,
1: hey, you know, thinking of the conference, and, and I know you're midseason. It's still obviously uh, looking to have a successful horizon, uh, end of the Horizon League conference season here. That's but, it. you know, kind of looking ahead, you know, um, changing conferences. Does it impact anything from a recruiting landscape? in your mind?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, it, it, the, from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, the, the Midwest, um, you know, schools obviously um, are centered around the Valley. So it's a, uh, it's an easily recognizable um, conference for, for recruiting on a national national level. And uh, obviously you're taking a look at um, you know, the types of players um, that are needed to compete at the highest level in the Missouri Valley, um, that obviously changes things. And just from a, you know, f- from a travel standpoint to, uh, to who you're uh, competing against on a night to night basis, uh, the geography itself um, allows, it changes things for, uh, for recruiting as well. So I think yeah, obviously you want to find the, the best guys that fit your culture. Um, and that can help uh, compete for a championship every year. So that part never changes. Um, but it's looking at the valley and what what is what's won at um, and and how it's been done. It's been done various ways. Um, so it's 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 more or less making sure that you stay true to who you are and the type of culture that you want to build, and then making sure then that those players understand the expectation levels coming in. Uh, but it's. Um, Recruiting is, um, you know, obviously the lifeblood, and uh, it it's going to make, make sure that uh, that we do everything we can to 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 build our program here, and then uh, in the in the manner we need to, and then we'll we'll uh, put that into the uh, Missouri Valley uh, footprint as well.
1: I think that's that's big because you know even with some, a team that's leaving the valley, you know, you still have three. Uh, schools within that two-hour radius that, you know, it I think it's a recruiting pro for, you know, any Valley or especially a Chicago-centric team of, hey, you know, mom and dad, you can still come see your kid play on the road at multiple Valley schools, you know, three times a year and not have to leave the Chicago area if that's, you know, part of your recruiting uh, footprint, which I assume it is there.
3: Yeah, and even if, uh, you know, for other schools uh, and cities throughout the, the Midwest, I mean, it's going to be uh, very similar. You recruit Indiana, you recruit, uh, Missouri, if you recruit the St. Louis area, um, and anywhere in between all of those, um, kids, just as you said, are going to have an opportunity to see three to four, um, uh, road games, um, no matter where you're at. Um, so it is, uh, that is, uh, is an advantage and a, and a great point.
0: Yeah, and the recruiting footprint will now lead you into Iowa a little bit, maybe too. So, uh, the one thing I was going to ask you just on the recruiting question, um, you coached at Juliet West. Is yes. that, has that been something that you found as an advantage for you? Just because, I mean, yeah, obviously you coach at Illinois state, but you know, you, being in the Northern area, coaching high school, has that been something helpful for you knowing a lot of the coaches up there in the Northern part of Illinois, uh, at least since you've been at UIC so far?
3: Yeah. I mean, it, the, the relationships with the high school coaches are never going to change for me. That's who I am. Um, it's how I, you know, what I wanted to be is in, in, at the early stages of my profession. And, um, I still consider myself, you know, a, a teacher that's coaching basketball. And I really, the, um, the experience at Joliet, LaSalle, Pru, and Sterling were incredible for me. Um, and just from, a branching out and, and forming relationships over the 15 years, running shootouts and, and, um, going to various summer leagues, and then going to coaching clinics. And then really that that those relationships even got deeper and further solidified when I went to Illinois State. Um, uh, Being an assistant there was one of the big responsibilities is to make sure that uh, we had relationships with all the um, all the schools in Illinois, no matter where they are, 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, all over the state. I wanted to make sure everybody was invited to our, our camps and we had great relationships and have a great experience and everybody could come to a game and uh just to to basically have a you know ha- have the state uh, id themselves you know with it with illinois state in our program and uh took a lot of pride in that and um you know I, we we had we had four good years there and so that you know, relationship uh, has definitely uh, helped uh, being the head coach and just weird um, the first year and even into this year uh, with COVID um, and not being, you know, being able to get a team camp this, this year, but not the first year. And so it just, that, that part was a little bit strange for relationships wise, but um, in terms of seeing people and getting out to, to high school games, and I love Illinois high school basketball. It's, it's the best. So, um, yeah, I, I think the uh, those experiences, high school uh, coach and, and a college coach were were formative uh, for those relationships, and those that'll never change.
0: Yeah, and there's a ton of talent here in the state of Illinois that you can definitely uh, definitely take a look at for your team. But uh, speaking of the team, uh, I was definitely just curious. As the head coach, what's the vibe of the team like? I know you have a lot of guys on the roster, obviously that are going to be playing in the Valley next year. Um, has it been a pretty pretty good vibe on campus as well as within your own team? As you guys have talked about it,
3: yeah, our our administration, um, you know, and uh, entire athletic department uh, have done a great job in you know marketing that and getting that out. We had a great, um, it was great. Jeff Jackson mm-hmm. was awesome. Our Chancellor uh, Michael Amaritas, is is terrific. Um, with the, with the support for this move. Uh, So yes, in and around the, you know, the, the campus and the alumni, there is a, there is a buzz and an excitement about that for sure. And then, you know, within our team that lasted about 24 hours, you know, it's like, okay, we talk about it, but I don't want them that that's the last thing on our mind. We want to be focused on, on the task at hand and doing everything we can to have this team have the best horizon league finish that we possibly can that's that's been it but uh from a holistic standpoint yeah that um in the inner workings of the athletic uh program in the university it's been uh, it's been great and, and that's all driven by again michael Lippitt's our our athletic director frank cuervo our um uh another member of our, our and all the all the people in our leadership team have been awesome
0: i'm curious is that is it a I guess, take me inside the locker room. Is it, is that a difficult thing for a head coach to, um, to keep your team kind of on the ball? Because obviously in the here and now horizon league basketball, you want to win a championship. I know that is that, is that tough? Because, you know, I mean, you're talking 20 year old kids that, you know, obviously kind of looking ahead. So is that a tough balance for you to kind of say, Hey, you know, we should be excited about this, but you know, we have to keep, are, you know, head in the game. We are trying to win a championship here this
3: yeah, year. It really honestly hasn't been a, a, a thought with our, our team. Like I haven't had to address that. We just talked about what was going to happen. Hey, there's a press conference. This is going to happen, but then it's just business as usual. So, um, and, and they don't like they're they're their tunnel vision. Uh, so they'll, they'll worry about that in, in May and June. Um, when it really comes to fruition, you really start thinking about it. Um, you know, in recruiting conversations, obviously it's, it's different and it's brought up, but for them, it's uh, just, let's go uh, get better and be, beat Oakland.
1: Yeah. The logo on the court and the patch on your Jersey might change, but Hey, let's win uh, next year, but let's win this year.
3: <laughs> 100%.
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, namesake of this podcast is the March to the arch and arch madness is such a big part of me being a Valley fan and then also uh, just why can con- continue the passion for the Missouri Valley. I know you've been a part of a lot of Arch Madnesses over the year with the Illinois State Redbirds. Um, kind of what does Arch Madness mean to you? And then, you know, kind of looking ahead and I know we're not trying to do that right now, but kind of what gets you excited about coming back as a head coach at Arch Madness?
3: Well, the, the experience, uh, the buzz in the city of St. Louis is incredible. I know my family um, has had, I mean, so as soon as this was announced, I, my family, uh, my mother and father-in-law, my mom and dad, sister, um, and then my kids, it's, it, as well as, and most importantly, my wife, Amy, they just have, they go all in. Um, and it's, uh, they have some incredible memories. And uh, it, from, you know, dinners down there together to the pep rallies um, with the Illinois State team, to you know, being in two championship games, uh, one versus Northern Iowa, the other versus um, Wichita, you know those. The, you get to semifinal Saturday. There's some. There, it's it's popping, and um, it, there's a there's an energy in that place that's it. it that's special. So that that part alone will be uh, will be really uh, a unique experience. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And it, the, I know my family is as well. I think they've already booked hotel rooms.
1: I, I think that when the lights go down on semifinal Saturday for the starting lineups, there's just no other there's no other feeling like it uh, for Arch Madness,
3: in my opinion. No doubt. It's a uh, yeah, you, you know what you're playing for that in that moment. And um, it's it, it's a dream uh, for each one of those kids. And that's, uh, that's what you want to do as a coach is put them in position, uh, to, to realize that dream. Um, and we hope to do it again here in Indianapolis and then do it next year in St. Louis. There you have it Valley fans. Uh, once again, this has been
1: head coach Luke Yachlich of the UIC flames coach. Thank you so much for spending
3: some time with us and good luck
1: against Oakland uh, tomorrow, Saturday.
3: Yeah. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, the opportunity to talk about UIC and our, our men's basketball program. And then obviously, uh, with this transition to the Valley, look uh, forward to talking with you guys more and, uh, enjoy some of those, uh, the fried chicken down there in Streeter. (laughs) Will do. Thanks coach. Thanks coach. See you guys. I appreciate you. This is awesome. (laughs) All right, Valley fans, you
1: just heard from Michael Lippitz, of the the athletic director for University of Illinois Chicago and head coach Luke Yaklitsch, a uh, head coach of the Illinois Chicago Flames. Baker, we've been talking about forever, but let's just let's put a bow on UIC coming to the Valley.
0: This is awesome. I mean, it's great news. Um, I think that we've been talking about for a while. Um, gets that Chicago market in play um you know after after talking having our interviews that we just had uh you guys can check them obviously you've already listened to those if you're at this point in the podcast but um it seems like a very professional professionally run uh school and athletic department there they seem like they um from talking to them you know even on air and off air it seems like they have a very good plan and you know they're ready to kind of hit the ground running in the missouri valley uh, to me, it feels like UIC, uh, uh, you know, but Murray State and Belmont, little more brand names. You know that their basketball is going to compete right away. UIC, I think it might take a little bit of time, but I think like Loyola, that's a sleeping giant, just waiting to break through here in the Missouri Valley. Um, facilities are great up there in Chicago. Um, we stay in that Chicago market, which keeps that relevancy up there. Um, it, it's, it's a really good deal, and I'm, I'm excited for Sparky because uh, we've got now, you know, one of the top mascots in the league as well. I know that's a, people joke about that, but Sparky's awesome. Um, But, you know, Vance, I want to kick it over to you. Um, I guess, I guess first put it this, we'll say this. Do you think, do you, do you foresee five, this being like kind of a little bit more of a long-term, like a five-year deal before they're really up to speed, you know, being able to compete in men's basketball? Because I mean, it's a, it's a huge learning curve when you go from a horizon to a Missouri Valley, because it's a different level.
1: I mean, yeah, full disclosure here. I, I, I didn't know a lot about UIC or even how their season's going. And um, if, if I'm looking at my standings right in the horizon, they're in the bottom half of the horizon. So I do think there's going to be that learning curve coming into the Valley, which Loyola had the same thing. I mean, if there wasn't this guy named Milton Doyle that played for Loyola, I mean, I don't know if they had the success that they do. I mean, and I think that's a, that's a fair take, to be honest. I'd be curious if other people – kind of don't agree with that one, but um, I'm excited to have the Chicago market means more than anything um, than the team on the front of the Jersey full disclosure there. Um, But also if we're going to talk about comparing the two, I am so happy that if I go to a game in Chicago, I don't have to get on like Shore drive anymore in my commute to an (laughs) away SIU or Valley game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And I like the shout out to Milton Doyle uh, him and Christian Thomas back in the day, were really, uh, the two kind of, those were the two big time names as they came in the Valley. Um, you know, and I think that the, you, it, it, it's going to take some time for UIC cause it, like I said, it's a different level. Um, and if you look at like Ken Palm, I mean, they're in that kind of Evansville range. So, um, you're looking at a, you know, a bottom end team, but I think at the same point, you know, we talked about it with Luke, it, you, you look at his, him as a coach, where he's been, you know, he's coached in the Valley before he's coached with two of the other head coaches in the league. Uh, Dan Muller and Dana Ford when he was at Illinois state um, he's also worked with Beeline and Shaka smart. So he's been in, he's been in big time moments. He coached with Beeline in a national championship game. He's seen it all. Um, it definitely feels like, um, you know, it was definitely, it definitely feels like he's got at least the the knowledge base to be able to do this. Um, you know, he's got the big time he, and especially because he's been a high school coach in Illinois so I think that that also is going to help him as well with the recruiting because, I mean, he's going to have to level up his recruiting as well.
1: I'm going agree more. And I just think from UIC as a whole, their facilities are in a significantly better position to be successful in the Valley moving forward. Oh this could be the next step for them.
0: And, and these, are, these are probably going to be, from, from what we both understand, it's probably going to be one of the, one of the best set of facilities in the entire conference right away. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is really good, good stuff coming in. Um, I do want to kick it over to you because I know that we've been talking about expansion forever and we have our 12 teams. So I just have a few kind of expansion related things to kick around to you and just get your quick thoughts on them. Um, first off, now that we have 12 teams, um, do you believe that we need to go to divisions for next year or do you think we keep it at 12? I guess that's the first question. Divisions are no divisions. And then it'll lead into my second question.
1: I'm so torn on this one. I, I really am. I I, I think of what a twenty-two game conference season is really, really, really hard. Um, it's
0: unrealistic.
1: But I don't. I kind of like the whole the way the Missouri Valley Football Conference does it, where you know who your teams you're not playing each year are year in and year yeah. out. I don't like the divisions because one, selfishly, I think that however they draw the line some historically um, rival-esque schools for SIU or just Illinois schools in general. Our schools
0: in particular. Are
1: are going to get cut off. So like selfishly, I don't want to go divisions because Southerns will skew South and I live in Central Illinois and I have Mm -hmm. proximity to the Northern part of Illinois. So I'm, yeah, that's where I'm just a little bit scared. So it's totally a selfish thing um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to the division versus no division.
0: So I'm, I'm torn on it as I'm, I'm kind of in between. So I, I like the idea of divisions because I think that it freshens up arch madness, because I think that if you went to divisions, I think you freshen up how you, you know, cause there'll obviously be the Thursday's going to be like the five through 12s playing. And if you had divisions, you would freshen it up where you have cross division matchups and, um, kind of a really good way to mix it up. Um, that being said, I don't think divisions matter all that much. I, what I do think and I think this is inevitable based on what other school or what other leagues in, con, in college basketball are doing. I think we are destined for a 20 game schedule, which means that there will be two teams that one team won't come to your building and one team you're not going to their building. Yeah. And I think that that's just a, um, a tough pill because I love the idea of the full round Robin as do you. I mean, I mm-hmm. love the idea that we get everybody home and home and, um, also valley uh office anyone listening out there uh please send illinois state to nashville next year i'd appreciate it um but no i, I think that i think that I, are we in agreement on that i mean yeah we're, we're looking at we're looking at probably 20 20 20 hours next year yeah um, and it'll be interesting to see how they schedule it next year too do they um maybe they had that test run on december 1st this year do they maybe skew a few games in there early uh in non-conference just to kind of um, give them more f- schedule flexibility as the as the winter months go on. I don't. It, I, is that that's kind of something I was thinking.
1: I agree, and it's not getting easier to schedule games with the Power Five. So I do think there's going to be a decent amount of flexibility in there to get some games in, if need be, um, if they go to that 20 game, maybe even a 21 uh, uh, game uh, conference season. So yeah, interesting.
0: It it will be interesting, and so I guess now that this brings up the the obvious question is we put expansion to bed for really for this season until, unless we hear something else, obviously. But um, to me, I think the next question is um, where does the Valley go from here? And I guess I'm thinking just kind of, you know, long-term thought, you know, kind of the 30,000 foot view of, of the Valley as a whole for the next five years, where do you foresee the Valley? Do you, do you see the Valley as somewhere that, you know, we, we got to 12. Do we want to go further? I know that the Dakota schools are a natural fit uh, South Dakota state and North Dakota state are a natural fit. And a lot of, I've, I've read a lot of those being the 13th and 14th schools. And I, I think they're, I think there's, there's a case to be made there. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if I would make it, but just your thoughts around where you see it. Um, Short-term
1: I think we should be done um, mm-hmm. until more dominoes in the landscape fall. I think we'd just be adding teams to be adding them and to make ourselves bigger um, so less likely that a bunch of teams dart and your conference falls apart. Right. Um, so I think it's a little bit self-sustaining right now that we're, we're, we're good. Where we're at, at 12 in Vance's humble opinion. Cause I just think it gets water. It continues to get watered down. Um, if we went to 14, there's just no one out there that I think makes sense. And I think that if we all stepped back and given everything we know today, this is the, the, the path of least, this is the ideal path for the valley to go to the 22 mm-hmm. 23 season and i just i can't even get on board with anyone else's thoughts around adding a different teams than the teams we got given what happened other than if Wichita State for some reason came back to the valley which i didn't thought was zero percent happening so like i think of what could have happened the best path happened and so i think we should be done
0: so i think so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to correct me if I'm wrong. If you're if you're going forward for the next five years, and you know things are status quo in the league, everybody's staying, um, unless you're getting a call from like say Wichita State or like a St. Louis, someone that makes just complete sense that you can't say no to. You're done. I'm done. Yep. Okay. Um, I think you I think that's actually the right answer. Um, I think that this was the time based on other dominoes falling, like you know the Oklahoma and Texas, which I know is a yes. power five move, but I think we needed to do something. And we, the two logical choices, which the two best choices, proximity wise, you know, men's basketball, uh, prestige wise, we got them. Um, and I think that that was the, I think that was the right call. Um, I do. The only thing that I'm thinking in the back of my mind is I, I hope that our Valley school, and I think Jeff Jackson, uh, seeing what he's done so far, I think that we have enough faith in him as a conference leader, but, uh, the only thing that scares me is, a potential another Valley school potentially leaving. Right. Which you hear, which that's the thing that scares me. So in my mind, I'm thinking, do we have in the back of our mind, the, the replacement school on the hook?
1: Yeah. Okay. And well, I don't wait. know if
0: that's the answer. And I don't know, maybe some of these interviews he's done in the past. Um, and you, I'll let you speak on it real quick before we finish. But um, I don't know if some of these interviews he's had of potentially like, you know, when he was going through the, you know, Arlington's, Kansas City's, whoever's were those kind of kicking the tires that hey, if something comes up, we want to keep you in the back of the mind in case we ever, you know, need you.
1: Yep. Uh, no, I think that's right, and um, you got to be proactive. You can't just sit back on these things. No, what I was going to ask you is uh, when you brought up teams leaving today, where everything stands, which team do you think would leave the valley first?
0: Oof, it's a great question. Um,
1: Mine's a no-brainer if you if you want me to go first. I have
0: three schools that I have I have three schools come to mind. Do
1: you have them prioritized or ranked? I can go here. I'll just tell you my number one, and then you tell me your three. Yeah, go ahead. So my one and only is Missouri State.
0: They're in my three for sure yeah. because you have been flirting with it. Yep, and they've been flirting with it for so long. I don't know if that's that's something that they want to do or, um, you know, I that, that's up to them. I mean. They are a football school, so they would, you know, the football is a big deal. Um, so the three that I had in mind, and one of them I will hate, um, Drake is the first one. Does Drake go the Loyola path if they build that program up as DeVries continues to roll? Um, do they kick the tires on a Big East? Do they, you know, as, they, as the market of Des Moines becomes theirs, how big does that make Drake? Yep. I think that that is a potential. Um, And the other one, and this is based on just knowing kind of what's going on here is Illinois state because um, they didn't build that big football stadium for FCS. Um, And I've heard, you know, there's been kicking tires around putting more money into it to get to a capacity limit, which I hate the idea of going to like a Mac or something, but um, I I can't say I haven't been hearing it and I'm sure you've heard it too in the circles, but it's, it's not something that's been quiet. So um that's something to also keep in the back of my mind ultimately i don't think the illinois state's going anywhere ultimately i don't think drake is going anywhere missouri state i don't know i think drake's, missouri state it would be it would be depending on you know if the deal is right
1: drake's the most interesting one uh from just a historical and then also where they could get to for Drake, in my mind, it's Big East or Valley. Like, you only have two options. A-10 doesn't do a lot. Right. And when – it's unlike Loyola, whereas Drake has the historical – I mean, they're the oldest – them and Bradley are the oldest schools in the Valley. And so, like, I think you've got that component that that um, shouldn't get watered down in any types of these right. conversations. So No, to it's me, fun the, to Big have- East,
0: the Big East was the thought just because, to me, it was um, comparing them to Creighton. Absolutely. Because I think that they, what they can be in Des Moines is what Creighton is in Omaha. Sorry, I know you're not agree more, function, but it was yeah. just kind of that's where I went with Drake.
1: Couldn't agree more. Uh, but it, it, we should not uh, minimize how awesome it is that UIC joined. We had two great interviews with the AD and, and coach from the Flames teams, and it was really cool just uh, getting to meet them and starting to get into the circles as they joined the Missouri Valley Conference in the 2022-2023 conference season. All right, Valley fans, we're going to do the games from this past weekend, starting with Saturday, January 29th. We had two Valley games in play. Let's start off with Northern Iowa winning against the Illinois State Redbirds, 79-64. to 64. It was a back-and-forth first half with six ties and five lead changes that resulted in a two-point Panther halftime lead. Out of the rock locker room, it was still back-and-forth for the first three minutes until... The, with 14 minutes left in the second half, you and I went on a run that proved insurmountable, railing off 15 straight points, resulting in a 19 point lead for the Panthers. And that was pretty much it for the game. For Northern Iowa, AJ Green had 24 and Noah Carter had 21. For Illinois State, McChesney had 19 points and eight rebounds, and Reeves had 13. Baker, your team, what's your thoughts here?
0: It stunk. Um, I don't have much to say about this game. Um, I thought the first half was pretty good. They played pretty hard because um Reeves went out with a third foul in the first half, and I think they were down by two at the break. And I thought to myself, wow, if you'd have told me we'd have three fouls on Reeves and we'd be down th- two at the break, um, especially because the fouls came at the worst possible times. I think he hit like two threes and then got a foul. And it was just like it's crappy luck. Um, ISU was so sloppy in the beginning of that second half. It was insane. And uh give Northern Iowa credit they took took control um really impressed obviously we've been talking about Noah Carter on this podcast for uh, it seems like a month now I think we keep I don't think we need to keep saying hey that's our guy that's our guy because we knew he was coming um and he's really kind of emerging as you know that one b to AJ Green uh who AJ Green had a great shooting night uh he's god he just gets the foul line too by the way so many times and so I give him a lot of credit on that because I think that takes some skill um I will say Titan Anderson had a lot of really good minutes for Northern Iowa in this game Um, really was kind of one of those uh, tough to play players. And he, he made things harder. um, And he made, you know, and and I know the, you know, the classic Illinois state, you want to complain about calls. I mean, he (laughs) made, he made so many plays that like it was, and you'll, this will make sense to you as an official, he made a bunch of plays that led to like 50, 50 calls. Yeah. And, and those are like a legit thing, like that. Like I think he got one foul call, and he drew like three or four. And it was like he was making he was just making kind of things harder on Illinois State. I think he drew one of Reeves' fouls. Um, a really tough game for the bird. They the offense just looked terrible in the second half, and it was just totally out of sort. It felt like we were going one on one half the time, and uh, Northern Iowa can score in bunches. So, uh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I think you got a. I want to get your take on this with Cy Chapman going out, obviously so bummed to lose him for the year, but you've got to be excited about McChesney coming in and just having two back-to-back games and just making up a lot of that production.
0: Yeah. It seems like now that Cy went out or Cy went out, he's actually playing a lot more aggressively, which is great. Um, I really like the idea of McChesney next year. As you know, we talked about it. Um, I don't know if we've talked about on the podcast or just off air, but um, you know, it put a little bit more muscle on him. And oh, he's going to be a pain for a lot of teams in the Valley because he's very skilled. He can step outside. He's very long and he can, um, very good defensive player, can make some good defensive plays. Him and Schmidt, I think, are two really good raw talents in the inside for the Redbirds. Uh, but at the end of the day, this, I mean, there's really not much else to say. Redbirds stunk. Um, Northern Iowa got the win. It's disappointing. But I think I said it on Twitter. I think the best thing to say is to, Uh, burn the game tape and just move on focus on Loyola for Wednesday
1: you know as many times we say that uh, it's been a bunch of games that you know maybe we could heat our houses um, in the winter with all that burnt uh, game tape (laughs) there you go (laughs) <laughs> All right, moving on to the next game. Missouri State won 72-58 to 58 over the University of Evansville Purple Aces. It was a low-scoring defensive battle in the first half. Missouri State had a nine-point first-half lead before a late bucket from the Aces, and they went to the locker room up seven um, for the Bears. The Bears took a double-digit lead early in the second half. The Aces did not back down and went on a quick run after a dunk from Phillips and threes from Newton and Givens. Isaiah Mosley got the lead back to nine for the Bears after five straight points. The Aces just kept chipping away. And a Blaze Beauchamp three gave Evansville its first lead of the game. Given's layup to close out a 14-0 Aces run and a four-point lead with 12 minutes to play. Uh, Gage Prim then went to work to tie it up. After another three from Newton, the Bears had had enough of the scrappy Aces, and went on a 13-point run with six minutes to play. The Aces couldn't muster another comeback, and the Bears won 72-58. to For the winning Missouri State Bears, Gage Prim had 23, Mosley had 14, Clay had a double-double, 11 points and 13 rebounds. For Evansville, Juwan Newton had 18, and Givens had 17.
0: No, I think Gage Prim listens to the March the Arts podcast because this is the first time he broke 23 in a while. And then the last podcast, we were debating between him and Mass. So <laughs> uh, Gage Prim just uh, had his argument right there. Uh, awesome game for him. You know, this was a weird one. Um, did it at any point feel like Evansville was going to complete the – I mean, they, compl- they got back in the game, obviously. But did you ever think with about like 10 minutes ago or whatever it was when they tied it, um, did you think they were going to win?
1: No, I did not.
0: Neither did I. Okay. I, I think that just shows, um, A, Evansville is a team that's going to keep playing, and they're a gutty team, and you give them a lot of credit for that. Todd Licklider, uh say what you will about him. He gets them to play, and he gets his team to comp- still compete, even on the road in a game that, you know, uh, is against a team that's much better than you but you're still competing so I give him a lot of credit on that but for me it, it never felt like no, Missouri State was going to lose this game I know there's a lot of bit of worry because they just lost a game to Indiana It's like oh god we can't afford to lose this one but um, end of the day Prim and the boys took care of business um, not not really much else for me on this one just uh, um, a game that Missouri State could absolutely not afford to lose and they didn't so your thought any more thoughts for you
1: No thoughts there. Um, I mean, Missouri State got a win that they needed um, there. And so let's move on to games from January 30th, Sunday. Let's start off with Bradley, Indiana State. Uh, Bradley, don't look now. They've won four straight Baker. They (laughs) won 67 to 52. What a night for rink Mast and Leon's as they both had double doubles. Um, in this win it, in the game that Bradley never trailed uh, when they beat the Sycamore 67 to 52, um, a game in which, I mean, it was really, I mean, rink mass again, I think it's, this is a fourth straight game with 20 points. Um, I mean, Bradley's rolling Baker.
0: Yeah, this is a scary team. Um, how good's Bradley? I think they're I mean, really I'll good. throw it to you. How good are they?
1: I think they're good. I mean, it goes they're the opposite now hey you're not supposed to win four straight in the season i mean you're really good at winning three in st louis like that's usually been the joke right
0: yeah uh to me they're as i try to think through the missouri valley conference i think teams going into arch madness and i think who can win three games in three days who has the who has the team that can do it um would Bradley be my third choice?
1: I think, they're, yeah. I mean, it's loyal Loyola, Missouri State, and now probably Bradley.
0: Oh, I, I'd have Drake ahead of Missouri State without question.
1: Three games in three days, Baker. We saw it yeah, last year. I would have,
0: without a doubt. They got way more depth than Missouri State. Drake does. Yeah.
1: Okay. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one.
0: Well, depth. I could take that back. Not depth. Not depth. <laughs> take that back not depth. They have more guys who can get their shot and they don't need. And they, I think Missouri state we'll, we'll get into that later, but I think Missouri state relies on two guys way more than Drake does. I think Drake can do it with about five different guys is what I'm saying. That's right. Sorry. Depth is not depth is wrong. You're right. And I'm glad you called me on next. That's wrong. But I mean, Bradley's they're damn good. Um, it stinks uh, for me because I'm an Illinois State fan, but I'm not. Gonna, I'm a call spade a spade. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, team nobody wants to play. They pretty much have been, been able to beat everybody lately. Um, I'm curious to see what happens when they do play uh, when they play Loyola again. That'll be a matchup when they go to Peoria. That's one that I'm going to be very much looking forward to. But overall, I think it's just um, Drake took, or I'm sorry, Bradley took care of business at home. Uh, Again, a game that, you know, you wanted to make sure you won. Uh, A team that beat you earlier in the season, you were able to avenge that loss. Uh, I don't have much else to say about this one, fans.
1: All right, let's move on to the ESPN2 game where Loyola went to the Knapp Center and the Drake Bulldogs uh, knocked off uh, Loyola to claim a share of the conference um, uh, first place, winning 77 to 68 back and forth game in the first half and Drake had a one point first half lead. Um, then, you know what? It just felt like all Drake in the second half. Um, they kept just punching Loyola. Um, Loyola, I mean, stuck around, but just, I felt like with 10 minutes ago, Drake had the game captured. Um, at least in my mind, uh, Chris and I had a great uh, game for Loyola, hit 15 points. Uh, Kennedy had 12. Norris had 12. Williamson had 11. For Drake, it was uh, DJ Wilkins with 20. Uh, Tucker Devries had 13. Sturts had 13, and then off the bench, uh, Tank Hemphill had 10 in the winning effort. I mean, this was just a good home victory for the Drake Bulldogs. Baker,
0: yeah, they're awesome. This is a good team. Um, it was. A, I think you actually nailed it. And I think we're going to get a lot of flack for this, but whatever. I don't care. Um, I think you're right with the whole 10 minutes to go in the game. Um, When Drake, I think they were up by like four or five, whatever, at the time. It kind of felt like they were were starting to kind of pull away, and they weren't going to lose this game. Um, And you knew, like, even later in the game where, you know, Loyola was kind of trying to get that run started, but it was like they're playing a really good team. That run's just not going to happen tonight. Like against a lot of the lesser teams in the Valley, like um, I hate to pick on your Salukis, but like Southern Illinois and, you know, Valpo um, teams like that, even Bradley at the time because they weren't playing as well as they are now. Um, it, Loyola was able to make that comeback. It feels like Drake can go punch for punch with them. And they are not the kind of team that's going to let you just uh, punch your way back into a game and they're going to punch back. And it felt like, uh toward the end every time that Loyola would try to you know I think Lucas William had an and one and it followed right back down the floor uh Drake hit a three and it was just like you they could never just get their sledding going um this was the this was a game they um they just got beat mm-hmm. and um I think that this was the the show of this is what we expected out of Drake. This is what we expect him to be. Uh, Darnell Brody was phenomenal in this game. Uh, it was actually the first time. I think, I don't think Chris Knight started, by the way. I think this might've been his first start of the season. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Loyola fans. I'm sure he will. It was. He's um, right. Okay. No, I know he started. I just don't know if that was his first one or not. I, oh, I think it was though. I'm I'm almost positive, but um, Darnell Brody was awesome. This is best game for sure. Um, he really didn't do anything on Wednesday night against Illinois state from what I saw. And it was interesting to see him come out and have a really good impact on this game, nine points, 10 rebounds. Um, he was just in the mix all game long. Just one of his, one of his best performances. And, you know, I'll throw it to you. You know, if you're getting production out of Brody and you have got, you have Sturts, Hemphill, you know, Murphy Penn. I mean, you can go up and talk to this is up and down the line. And we talked about it against Missouri state. Uh, my point wasn't that they had more depth. My point was that they had way more options that could be the guy to lead you to go to win a game. Like the other night, DJ Wilkins was the guy who led. you know, they have a lot of guys who can win you games. Is it, does this, does this team not scare you now? I mean, they're tied for first now in the Missouri Valley conference.
1: I I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, it's them and loyal. And then uh, what Missouri state has one more loss than them.
0: Them Uh, Northern Iowa.
1: Yep. I mean, yeah, it's, Let's just say this is a big one to make the conference race way more fun leading to the
0: second half of the conference season. (laughs) The Valley needed this win. Um, (laughs) All right, so let's put you on the spot here. Who's the favorite to win the Missouri Valley Conference in your mind? Oof. Um, regular season I'm talking about, by the way. I know know, what you're saying.
1: Um, Let's see here.
0: And you don't have to say these two, by the way, because everybody else is a game out. I know. The other two are game out and Bradley's coming hard so
1: I think I think I'm still team Missouri State. Loyola's got a tough schedule.
0: Yeah, and there, you know, it is interesting you bring up the tough schedule with Loyola. Um, Loyola has played two of the top end teams in the Missouri Valley. When I say the top 4 mm-hmm. one two own oh 2, um, and that's that's a big deal. Still got to play Northern Iowa twice. Still got to play Drake again. Missouri State on the road. Um, there's a lot of tough games out there for Loyola. I think that's a great point. Um, man, I think I still am going to say Loyola.
1: And I think that's a, that's a great. I mean. Darn, you have to pick Loyola, you know. I know, I know, right? <laughs>
0: I know, I know. And I and I know there's gonna be the Valley contingent who's ready for them to leave the league, who's just throwing their phones right now. But <laughs> I I just think they find a way to get through this. And this yeah. is a this is their, you know, they've lost two out of the last four. Um I think that this is their gut check where they can they've gotta, they've gotta this, I mean, this is Drew Valentine's moment to shine. Yeah. I mean, this is, you got to get your team through this for sure. And I think um, Drew Valentine has got a lot of accolades and a lot of uh, a lot of really good thoughts said about him throughout the beginning of his career here. And with good reason, he's got great pedigree um, working with Izzo and obviously Porter as well. Um, But I think it is, I think this is that moment where he's got to prove it as well.
1: Yeah. I think he's got to show that
0: you have, you have, here's the thing. You have the most veteran team in the Missouri Valley conference, someone who team that's been through the trenches, granted, you do not have the big guy you had before, but it looks like Chris Knight is really starting to step up and you have others who can give you minutes in that power or in that power role as well for Loyola. So um, I think that with the veteran leadership on this team, with the Lucas Williamson's, I think that they find a way to win the conference, but um, I, I don't think this is their last loss of the year either.
1: Oh no. It, yeah. Not at all. Um, I think it'll be interesting. How many it. wins
0: win the
3: league?
1: That's that's the question that I don't think I can anyone can answer right now. I mean, that that that's a good one, um, but I don't know. We'll see. Loyola,
0: fourteen and four. Okay, that's fair. I'll put it out there now. Let's get to your boys.
1: All right, a game that Vance's mood needed. Uh, <laughs> Southern Illinois rounded out their third win in the month of January, beating the Valparaiso Beacons 77-55. Um, I'm not going to go too much into just the game flow here, but it was just a game that it was never in doubt for the Sookies in my mind. Uh, they went to the halftime with a 43-28 to 28, um, lead and really just kind of um, just kept the pressure the first 10 minutes. They, they had their patented, uh, I think it was like, five minutes where, you know, struggled to score, but Hey, you know, already had a 20 minute lead. Um, for me though, as a sloopy fan, our bigs were big um, and specifically Phil, which he had 12 points in this game, something that we have needed when we talked about that offensive threat, that's not Lance or Damask. Um, I mean, Lance had 22 points, so it's not, you know, sugarcoat that one, but we need our bigs to step up. I mean, Mulya had 11, too, so you had two of our bigs uh, get 23 points together. That has just been one of the missing pieces for this, these Salukis this year. Um, this is this is going to be a bellwether game, I think, just where the trajectory goes from this one. Um, we swept Valpo on the season. We won at the arc, and now we beat him at home. Um Let's see where we go. Cricky still had a great game. He had 20 points for the Beacons. Uh, Kobe King had 14, um, and then Taylor had 11. But um, it's just – it's a win Southern desperately needed.
0: Yeah, you guys had to have this one, Vance. Um, This was a game that you – yeah, you couldn't afford to lose. Um, I I guess for me, I think you – I mean, you hit it all. I think that seeing other guys step up and score the basketball for – for Southern is really uh, a really big thing, especially as you go into, you know, trying to go down the stretch of the season. And once you get an arch Madness, because in St. Louis, like you're going to need three or four guys that can really score.
1: Couldn't agree more. Um, it was also interesting too. I listened to this game um, um, as I was doing some stuff around the house and they were um, talking to the coaches and basically they kind of asked like, okay, you kind of got gut punched the last two games. Uh, what'd you do the, the couple days in between games, you know? And uh, basically they're like, they commended coach Mullins on not overworking his team. Like you didn't need to practice for four hours. They had the day off on, um, I think it was Friday. And then they had an hour and a half practice on Saturday and just going to the game, still play loose. I thought that was very interesting because uh, just the color guy for um, Southern is Rodney Watson, former assistant coach. And he said, a lot of young coaches screw up, and they when they get down or that you know you lost six or seven, you kind of overwork your team. Um, pretty cool that uh, Coach Mullins knew to just kind of not lay off by any means, but you don't need to overwork things right now. Just get back to what you need to do to win games. And they honestly looked like they were having fun tonight. Just offense was, I mean, I think I was. I'm trying to find the half the halftime score. Halftime, so. Uh, it was 43 to 28 at half. That was more than we scored the entire game against Loyola. So, I mean, just offense was there, which was uh, kind of a funny um, comment there, Baker.
0: Yeah, yeah. I No, listen, I think it's good. Um, Brian Mullins absolutely needed this after the two losses you guys just went through with Loyola. Um, and especially a home game against one of the bottom teams you need to win. Um, just want to talk about uh, Valpo for a second here. Um, Thomas Kithier, obviously, we wanted thoughts with him. He didn't play because of his back, and uh, this has been a nagging back injury for him all year. And, I mean, you just hate to see that because we've seen we've seen him play this year enough to know that uh, when he is out here, he is incredibly effective. And it just stinks for Valpo fans because you think, you know, how good this team could be or, you know, maybe they got a few more wins on their belt. Uh, with him in the lineup but it just I just didn't feel the energy today from Valpo and I know I don't want to pick on him too bad but um, it felt like they played a really flat game and I don't know if it was because you know Southern Illinois came out and um, came out ready to play but um, I don't know you just look at it even looking at the numbers it's not a not a ton of contribution out there outside of uh, King Pricky.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's going to be an interesting storyline moving forward. Uh, just do they stay at the bottom or do they make another push to get into that six-seed uh, conversation? And this was a this was a gut check for Valpo, too. You know, I, I obviously want to talk about Southern all the time, but Valpo's got a decent you know, three-game stretch here. They go Evansville at home, Indiana State at home, and they go to Illinois State. That's – they can get back into it.
0: Yeah, and no, you and you brought up a really good point. Is um, it always feels like Valpo, especially since they've been in the league, um, they've played Thursday games, obviously, but they always seem to have like that second half of the Valley schedule where they make that push to avoid Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so it does feel like that's coming. In, and you put it the nail on the head um, a real opportunity for this team because I don't think that I'm saying a stretch. They have one of the more talented rosters out there. Just once they put it together and they're healthy, uh, they can beat. Almost anyone in this league.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, they've got those three teams coming up, but their last three or four games are Loyola, Evansville, Drake, Bradley. So um, it, the next three games. Got to win will, these. Yeah. The gotta next gotta three win these. games will dictate um, where their trajectory goes for this year. They got to go
0: two and one. Got to. I think at a minimum. Yep. Yep.
1: All right, Valley fans, before we get into our picks and preview of the upcoming games, let's see where things are at in the conference standings in the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, reminder, it is January 30th and all games are done, so this is the most up-to-date conference standings. We've got Loyola and Drake at 7-2, and two, tied atop uh, the league. Then Missouri State is at 7-3, and three, along with you and I also at 7-3. and three. Then you have Bradley at six and four. And then there is a two game gap between Bradley and the Southern Illinois Salukis sitting at four and six. Illinois state is at three and six Valparaiso is at three and seven Indiana state two and six and the Evansville purple aces rounded out number 10 at one and eight. So Baker, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So as of right now, the Thursday night games, if this season ended, would be uh, Illinois State versus Evansville and Valpo and Indiana State. So, I'm going to throw a different wrinkle in it. What team of the top four, Loyola, Drake, Missouri State, or Northern Iowa, could you foresee somehow playing on Thursday?
0: Which one of the top four I could see playing on Thursday?
1: Drop to seven.
0: Oof. I think there's only two options here. Um, and I don't think – I think both teams find a way. Uh, Missouri State. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to – this is one of those, like, one, like, it's not going to happen in, in my humble opinion. I think no. what percentage do you think that could happen? No. I don't know what Hackman yeah. would tell us what the percentage was on that one.
0: No, I think that that's a really tough question to ask. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, if you had to say one of the teams in the bottom four will find a way to avoid Thursday, who would you put your money on?
1: Yeah, probably a better question than the one I asked you. That's
0: okay. <laughs> that's okay. People were like in the yelling in their phones, say Northern Iowa, say Northern Iowa. <laughs> Um, no, I give him enough grief.
1: All right, we're nine games in. summer are ten.
0: So the question is: Is between? I'm giving you you your Redbirds. It's your Redbirds. Really?
1: I do. Yep. All right.
0: I disagree completely, but I love your answer, Vance.
1: I know you do. Um, I want to say Indiana State, but with them, I don't know. They've got. They've only I think
0: the answer is Valpo, Vance.
1: Oh, okay. Go ahead. With and I'll
0: tell you and I'll tell you why I think they've got a good schedule coming up in the next three they're gonna go three and0 or they have a chance to go three and0 and I think that the I think it's going to be really hard for my Redbirds I I put it this way I think Illinois State is the most talented of those teams especially at the top I don't think yeah. that any of those teams have a better the best player on Thursday will be Antonio Reeves that being said we don't have side Chapman and I do believe that having inexperience on the front line um, having Chapman out there was a big deal, and I think it's going to make things a lot harder for them as we get toward the end of the season. It's going to drain on this team a lot. Um, going to make it really tough to avoid Thursday, unfortunately.
1: You've got a pretty favorable schedule going down the, the end, Baker. Your last five games are at Indiana State. you got Northern Iowa at home. You go to Bradley. You've got Southern at home. you got Indiana State. No, this is not updated. I totally pulled the wrong one. Cause Southern Illinois is next weekend. Oh no, sorry. You're at Southern Illinois. Yeah. yeah. You got to go to something. You had it right. You had it right. I had you it right. Just I had it right.
0: Yep. You just can't read. That's okay. Gosh, yeah, that's but right. um, no, I'm used uh, to looking
1: at Illinois state websites. I'm sorry. I'm used to reading them from the Southern <laughs> Illinois perspective.
0: <laughs> um, I think we tabled this discussion until next week. Um, and next week on the show, let's try to do, or well, I guess not next week later this week, we'll try to do our predictions of, where we think Arch Madness will be at the end of the season.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's so. always fun. So let's let's look ahead. Uh, we got some upcoming games. All teams in play on Wednesday, February 2nd. Um, they're staggered a little bit. Um, we've got games tipping at six. We've got games at seven, and we've got a nightcap at eight o'clock. So let's start with Drake at Indiana State, Baker.
0: I think the Drake Bulldogs build off of that win. I mean, nothing I saw today or the last little while doesn't make me think that they're just going to roll into Indiana State to get the win. Obviously, it's never easy to get one in Terre Haute, but I think the Drake Bulldogs find a way to win this one and move to 16-6.
1: I will agree with you. Battle for Indiana, Evansville at Valpo.
0: You'd like to think Valpo (laughs) is going to win this game. I just said they're going three and zero, so I, I can't I can't not pick them now. I'm I'm in there now, so yeah, let's go Valpo.
1: I mean, is this a game that's the most the least exciting game of this Wednesday
0: slate? You know what? It could be the best game of the bunch, though. <laughs> it could you, be. You know, that's here's the thing. thing. And you know, because because and let's talk about this for a second. You know, Evansville they're playing an in-state team. You know they're going to play hard. When does Evansville not play hard? Come on. I, I couldn't Come agree on.
1: more. But I'm also coming off of. A game. I had to watch my Salukis give up forty-four points in a win a loss.
0: Right. So
1: I'm like, I can't really say much about stinker games.
0: Yeah. No. Give me. Give me Valpo. Are you on Valpo as well? I'm on
1: Valpo. Yeah. All right. This is the most intriguing game in my opinion. Bradley at Northern Iowa.
0: I really don't want to do this. I'm picking Bradley. Okay. I'm picking Bradley. Oh, I don't want to. Northern Iowa's two and two
1: in their last four. Bradley's four and in their last four games.
0: I, give me Bradley. They're playing, they're white hot. They're, yeah. ah, that's a tough one, man. I, you, this is a coin flip. I'm picking Bradley, even though it goes against everything, I think, because, you know, it's so hard to sweep a team. But, um, yeah, give me the Braves.
1: I will, you know what? I'll go with you. I'll ride the Braves. Uh, okay. Illinois State at Loyola.
0: I think this is, and I know I'm biased, but I think this is the most intriguing game of the weekend. Um, Illinois State coming off an absolute stinker, where they, you know, they showed some good things with McChesney and Reeves uh, on the road again against Loyola. They are going to be fired up to win this game. And let's face it, um, Loyola coming off that loss against Drake are going to be madder than a bunch of hornets out there trying to win this game i think loyola finds a way to win this game but um as do other teams that come into gentile this year um you know a guy like reeves could get white hot and like i said it could be just a tough tough out for Loyola and make things so hard on him. and um it feels like i don't know it feels like we're waiting for that loyola game where they, you know, kind of had like you had with Southern Illinois, where they're just kind of just beating the brakes off a team from start to finish. I don't think this is it. I don't think you do that to Illinois state, especially after it just happened to them over the weekend. Um, give me Loyola, but I think that this one's within single digits.
1: Uh, I'm I'm taking Loyola as well. Um, and then at 8 PM, the nightcap, Missouri state at Southern Illinois, uh, I'm going to swing by city national bank in um, route to the Banterra center to see my Salukis play the bears. So, Pretty excited. First, to first game, right? First game in Carbondale this year. Uh, obviously not the first game I've seen the Salukis play in person, but I'm excited to get back to Carbondale and uh, catch the Salukis.
0: How excited? I mean, how awesome is that? Get, finally getting back to uh, the band Taylor. Or I call it SIU arena every time. Probably roll your eyes at me every time. But going back, you know, finally back in the, the college town that is Carbondale, um, you know, it'll be a nice little homecoming for you, Vance. But the question is, do your boys get it done?
1: Oh, if I'm in, if I'm in, if I'm there, yeah, they're getting it done. Um, I'm ecstatic. Uh, obviously, you know it. You get to go to uh, games with your dad uh, from time to time, just because it's a little, little bit closer. But um, nothing makes me feel better than being able to go to an SIU game uh, in Carbondale with my dad. So something I look forward to um, mm-hmm. every year.
0: Yeah, no, same here. You, I, We we talked about that many times It's uh it's something near and dear to our hearts. I am also going to think that the Salukis will get the March the Arch podcast bump this week and will find a way to get it done against the Missouri State Bears. Really good matchup that you're going to see. Um, kind of a clash of styles to see what Southern Illinois will do to slow down, if anything, to Mosley. Um, I do think it is a tough matchup for you with Prim going against your front line. But if, if Fellowich can just like, and Milly to an extent as well. If they can just keep you above water. Um, I, I think Damascus prime for a much better game than he did today. So uh yeah, give me the dogs, why not?
1: Played them tough at uh, JQH, so can't be yeah, sad. That
0: was a really that game could have gone either way, especially with about five to go.
1: All right, that's been the preview, of the Wednesday games. All right, Valley fans, before we close out shop here, I threw out a tweet right before we started recording of what's on your mind and what questions should we talk about during banter? So let's just get into some of them. Baker, how's that sound? Sounds good. Let's roll. All right. uh, First one, I am going to reword or paraphrase some of these. But uh, listener Marvin threw out, um, which team will have a a new head coach first, uh, Valparaiso or
3: Evansville?
0: Great question. And I uh, don't know the answer to that because I don't know the situation at each each school very well, but um, based on recent results, I think that uh, the seat's probably a little hotter in Evansville, but with the turnover in Valpo, who knows?
1: I agree. Um, I'm going to go Evansville uh, just because I think it's, it's two folded. Um, It'll, there won't be a new head coach and they move down or they bring in someone new. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Uh, listener Matt, uh, I just like hearing an SIU fan and an ISU fan having to talk about Bradley winning. So with that, Baker, say one thing nice about Bradley.
0: Nope.
1: They're on a four-game winning streak.
0: You're nicer yeah. than I am, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: Who was that our... that sent that message in?
1: Matt, Bradley fan.
0: Thanks, Thanks, Matt.
1: all right um let's get to some attendance questions um i think this is probably a macro question for the entire valley but this one was specific around uh ford center um in evansville attendance how do you uh get people to go to games in evansville
0: that's a great question i mean i think the product on the floor number one first and foremost has to be better um and that's not a shot at the guys on the team because I know they play hard and we i think this podcast has made it pretty clear we love Evansville. Um there's there's no shying away from that. Um but at the end of the day the product on the floor has got to be better. Um you've got to be more competitive as a school. Uh you got a great building. Uh I think that there's a fan base there that is waiting to get things rolling again. Um and I think eventually, you know, time heals once you guys Uh, Get the program where you want it to be. Once you guys are more competitive, that'd be great. Uh, Two things that I wish that you would bring back. um, I wish that you would bring back the old parquet floor, which I miss a lot for the Evansville Purple Aces because I thought that was a cool differentiation from the rest of the league. Uh, As nice the Ford Center is, it would look even nicer with the parquet uh also i think you need to bring the t-shirts back more often than you do i think i saw that you brought them back maybe like two years ago or something like that just for fun um this needs to be a regular thing you need to bring back the purple ones the original ones um you have a retro night every single year like even even like illinois state they bring back like some they have like the retro night southern does too like they need you need to bring them back so uh those are just my quick thoughts on evansville
1: um <laughs> Another one, Baker here. Uh, Bradley is back, boys. Not a question, but a comment. Um, that was from Crampton. Thank you for sending Thanks.
0: that in. Thanks, Crampton.
1: Let's see here, uh, a lot of trash talk, which I appreciate. So I got to sift through some of these. Um, okay, back to uh, a real question from Grant. Thank you for sending this one in. Outside of the Illinois State game, how does you and I get past the choking bug?
0: Really good question, Grant. I appreciate that one. That's uh, whew, that's a good one for you guys. Um, the Illinois State game this weekend really didn't, to your point, didn't really say anything about uh, getting past that kind of close game uh, jitters. Um, you had the game against Evansville, which um, I think talent won out there, but you really haven't had that close game again since the Drake one uh, where you've been tested against a good team. So um, how do you get past that? I honestly don't know. Um, I think Ben Jacobson's a hell of a lot smarter than I am, and he'll probably have a game plan print it up for it but that's a really good question i I think that uh something that's probably going to be a focus is um i guess keeping your focus uh toward the end of the game and um just
3: start talking about the valley why not